Welcome to the Supreme Bohemians podcast, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. My name is Tayesian. And my name is Mallory. And for our new listeners and for those who need a slight refresh, this podcast was created in hopes to engage with people who are, you know, interested in living beyond societal constrictions, beyond those stereotypes and past the status quo that, you know, everyone lives in or most of us live in. It's an energy and it's a lifestyle. So for those who are listening, that's what we're about. So hopefully you gain something from listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Um, So now we're going to get into our get to know you segment. Um, It's we're doing a refresher. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Um, Who is your favorite author? That's our icebreaker question. So who's your favorite author today? My favorite author has always been Eric Jerome Dickey. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently passed away in December of 2020. And I've been reading him since I was in sixth grade. Um, I shouldn't have been reading him since I was in sixth grade <laughs> because it's explicit content. However, For sure. I really like his style of writing. Like, he's very descriptive. Whatever, um, whatever location he speaks about, he makes you feel like you know the streets, you know the, lo- you know the landmarks. You know that place. Like, I know stuff about um, Los Angeles just by reading his books. But he's a great writer. And um, of that time, a lot of us girls read those books. And I feel like of all of those that I would say that genre of, like, romantic, realistic fiction, his was a little bit more, um, like, literary and not just, you know, Sex base. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's my favorite author. Rest in peace to the go, Eric Jerome Dickey. Absolutely. Um, so I had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Um, I used to love Toni Morrison books um, for sure, but I definitely loved my because I'm just like you say. When I was reading these books, I was. In middle school, I'm gonna be honest, I had no business reading these books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate Omar Tyree. Um, my favorite book from him is Leslie. That is literally that actually that book belonged to my mom. And mm. I borrowed it. And it was like why it, it opened my eyes to like a different world because it was held in New Orleans during like the 1990s mm. or whatever. So it was very like introspective and I loved it. I loved it. You said it was um, called Leslie? Yeah, Leslie. Oh, yeah. I need to read that. Okay. Perfect. I encourage, I actually want to read that now as an adult, like, because you know how you read stuff back then, and it's good, but you didn't quite understand what you were reading. But when right. you have actually life lessons and experiences, it makes you want to open that book again. So mm-hmm. um, I have to actually look for it if I still have it. But <laughs> I want to definitely shout out Omar Tyree. Um, can't go wrong. Sister Soldier is a legend in this game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Gotta love her. Coldest winner ever. Um, the... I forgot what the other book was called. Uh, Midnight. This... Oh yeah, Midnight. Mm-hmm. The the one after that is um... a deeper love inside. A deeper love. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Because it's a red book. Yeah. So, um, did you read I a lo- deeper love inside? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't read it. Okay, I, I encourage read it. you. I encourage you to read that. Um, I did. I did love the book Midnight, but I wasn't into the. Um, I guess the sequels of Midnight, like the con. I didn't. I started to lose interest because I kind of wanted her to get straight to the point, and also. I started to, the older I got, the more I was, like, less enthused about Midnight. You know, I feel like Midnight is very, um, he's very, he's super, like, traditional, but in a very patriarchy way. And he really, in my opinion, devalued the Black African American woman experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I probably won't finish that. I'm going to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But I do enjoy the first book. I can't deny that. Um, and then uh, I have Dania S. Pole. That's Philly's own, like, author. Like, I love her. She's actually the first book that I've ever read before the books that I named previously. So okay. I think it's called, yeah, it's called The Real and that I read that in seventh grade and that opened my eyes so much in my little brain (laughs) like sex and that's the first time I ever like was reading about a woman like as far as like low-key on some sex worker shit you know like it would it opened a new door for me that I of course like I'm not gonna know about at that time period and I did turn around I want to say a couple years ago I turned around and read that book again. So, you know, shout out to those authors, man. Yeah. That, that's my answer, though. It's long-winded, <laughs> but I have more than one. It's hard for me to pick one because we have so many. You know? I get that. Our next question is, in the event that you get married, would you take your significant other's last name? Why or why not? For me, I've always thought about this. Um, in the event that I would get married, I would take their last name but I would hyphenate it um and I feel like they should kind of hyphenate it too (laughs) because I feel like when you have children like for example you have um I see I taught in a um school where it was predominantly Brazilian um people and they had multiple last names and I was just so intrigued by that so they would take like the the mother's last name the father's last name i believe Mm -hmm. that's the way it went and so their name ended up being very long but it was beautiful so they would have both aspects of each parent and i feel like for me that would work best because it's not just the male lineage that's continuing it's the the female's lineage that's also continuing continuing so um i would have mine hyphenated kind of like how gabrielle union does hers how beyonce does hers because i feel like my last name is just as important Okay. Uh, For me, I would drop my last name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like... I feel like, for me personally, when it comes to last names, especially being African-American, I'm going to be where I don't hold much value in last names. Um, Especially with my last name, it's definitely belonged to a huge slave plantation. So... I don't really value the idea of a last name as much as the average person. Um, And I feel like as far as dropping, 
I think when I think of like marriage in a union, it for me it's more of a a combination of being one as opposed to like a his and her type of relationship. So to show my loyalty to the union and the relationship, I'm more than willing to drop my last name um, to reflect that. Because for me, last names don't really hold value. Um, uh, at, like, I guess compared to my last name. <laughs> I've always been raised like my last name is it belongs to slave masters. So I, I look at last names as a black African-American woman a, a little bit more differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, maybe if I knew like the origin of the name of like before I was whatever my last name is, if maybe I would have that same sentiment. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure because I really wasn't raised like that. I know my mom hyphenated hers. But uh, for me personally, I'm I'm willing to just change my last name completely. My name, and also my name is already like super long. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna shorten it. So yeah, I would definitely just I would drop my last name. I like what you said when you uh, about you don't value it because ultimately it comes down to what you value with these decisions that you make and your partner. Mm-hmm. You and your partner may value names differently and coming up with that compromise important so ultimately it comes down to what you value absolutely so our next segment is hashtag wwbd what would a boheme do in this um, particular area we we basically you know we peruse twitter we peruse the twitter street <laughs> and we find tweets that speak to us and stuff that we want to talk about um in this case uh, we won't focus solely on what will we do. This is more so what we uh, think about these specific topics or areas of discussion. Um, future-wise, we do like to talk about what we will do in these situations. Um, but the first tweet I want to discuss is something I've been talking about for a while, and I'm very passionate about this because I am a Black feminist to a certain extent and one thing I really noticed is that the entertainment bar so the tweet someone said the bar for male entertainers are so low and girl (laughs) girl (laughs) like I was just so sad so happy somebody tweeted what I was already thinking that's the good thing about Twitter but I just feel like when you look at um Women in general, you can pick in pop categories, you can pick singers, you can pick um, rap artists. For this particular segment, I'm going to focus on rappers, right? I'm only focused on rappers, but a lot of these things can apply to um, other categories of musicians. Um, But specifically in the music realm with rappers, female rappers really put a lot into their look. They put a lot into their performances. They put a lot into their content, the visuals, all of that. These women are very different. Like a lot of, they don't sound alike. Some of them do, but for the most part, if you think about like who's in the top, there's a variety of personalities and brands. Um, I feel that, and this is just my perspective on it, I feel mm-hmm. that with the male rappers, I don't see that enough, especially more so in the mainstream. Yes, you may go underground and you'll see a variety and a plethora of different um, 
uh, levels of entertainment that are um, brought up to a certain standard. But with the male rappers, like, they can just literally go on stage and walk back and forth with no stage presence. They can just make the same type of video in the hood over and over with cars, with bitches. They can do the same thing over and over and people will praise it as if they just, and then call them the GOAT. As if they, mm-hmm. like, really did something um, phenomenal, as if they did something that was out of the ordinary. These girls, I take Sweetie for example. This woman put so much into her content. Yes, we may say that she's, like, not a great, great rapper, right? We all have our feelings about right. her music if you listen to it. But this woman put so much into her content, into her look, and she switched, switches it up. And all of these women rappers, Megan, Cardi, um, Kamaya, so many rappers, Flo Millie, I, like it's, the list goes on. They're all different. Their performances, they actually perform and dance and have a, a stage presence and they create like like actual um, storylines within their performances, like lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My God, like it's just mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's fair because I'm going to wrap it up here. I, the whole point of this is saying the bar is low. It's not fair because the the male rappers are all oftentimes looked at as more valuable money-wise and looked at as more valuable in their art that they um, give out. A lot of times they look at female rappers as if their art is less valuable or less, um, what is that word? Um, God, I can't remember the word. Um like, I guess it has less notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's how I feel. And I just don't think it's fair because if we're going to hold women to this standard and they have to be so much, then men should have to be so much in this area as well. What you think? Um, whew. um, For me, I feel like I think when it comes to male artists, I definitely agree with that. You know, the bar is set low. Um, But sometimes I do feel on when it comes to female artists, sometimes the bar is set low too. You know, I I don't see a lot of recognition only when it comes to saying that this female artist is garbage versus this female. That's the only time I hear like recognition to some of the artists maybe that I listen to. Right. Such as like Shane Noir and Rhapsody. I only feel like Rhapsody is only really brought up to bring down Megan Thee Stallion or bring down Cardi B. I never really hear her as like, I don't hear her respected on a level where it's just like, well, I just love Rhapsody. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Not saying I just love Rhapsody. And but I don't, and that's why I don't like Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's a comparison. I think those type of conversations, um, annoy me you know me too but sometimes I do feel I'm not I'm gonna be real sometimes I do feel there is a certain look when it comes to a female artist that is constantly duplicated they put in the same like work and effort which is a lot you know like you said down to the lighting the performance the stage presence is there I can't deny that but sometimes when I think when it comes to the actual bars it it does feel like it does feel low to me sometimes. I'm Absolutely. Gonna be honest. Like it, it really does. Especially since some of, uh, well, not I'm not going to say all, but a good percentage. And this is just saddens me as a, a music critic. 
um, there's a lot of ghostwriting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why I don't really go as hard for certain female artists because I feel like for me, that is a a, a, a low standard mm-hmm. that you don't even have to write your own raps. You yeah. just got to have stage presence. Um, I'm not feeling that. It's like a switch. Um, Those two things were switched. Yeah. Uh, there's a I'm, caveat. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. But we're not talking about that. We're talking specifically about male entertainers. Um, the bar is low. That song that is ingrained in my head that I freaking can't stand, that throat baby song. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, like that for me, that's an example. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like, dang, he you know, I can make that song real quick. Easy. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely I definitely agree with that. You know, there's no de- there's no denying that um that tweet, you know. Yeah. I I, but I do feel like it, it's low across the board. Yeah. It, but it's low in different. Exactly. It's different. It's low in different categories. Exactly. Now, when you say the the uh, bar is low when it comes to these male uh, rappers, because we're speaking specifically on rappers, um, what artists j- pop out at you that you just like? Man, he ain't even popping. What like what artists in this moment? come to mind like the whole when when Blueface became popular i was just like mm. what takashi that's a great example um a lot of these rappers i like it's to the point where they coming out and i don't even know their names like i just know they're replicating mm. this sound like you can be a great lyricist right but if right. you're just constantly replicating a sound, are you really an artist? Like, yeah and, yeah. and I agree with you. More specifically, what I'm discussing is like the entertainment aspect where it's the full package. Because we mm-hmm. know that lyricism is a completely different conversation um, mm-hmm. where the bar is going to be higher for males and lower for females. So those two things can be swapped out in, like you said, different categories. But when, as far as entertainment content, like the things that they're giving the people performance-wise, visuals, and um, even songs, like the songs that they put out, I don't yeah. think, I don't. I just think it's, yes, there's a look with women. There's a certain look that is pushed. It's a sexy look. Like, you know, there that it is that exists. But I feel like when it comes to entertainment, they it's just too low for me when it comes to the males. And they're not, um, they're not, uh, like, for example, I'm going to give you a great example of an artist. And we may not, some people like him, some people don't. But I feel like this artist actually puts, in, puts um, effort into his, entertainment the baby i feel I knew like you're gonna say him yeah like it's, it's a that's oh, across the board like mm-hmm. i went to a, um one of his concerts like he he has concepts he puts um he's, yeah. he's an overall artist and we may feel things about him per- personally but he has that mm-hmm. in in that category rap in the other categories of rap we you know we have kendrick not kendrick yeah kendrick Kendrick is mm. another example of an artist that puts work into his into all aspects of his entertainment, especially performance. Right. So there are some examples, but a uh, bulk of the people that are coming out aren't really like. And of course, when you come out, you're when you're a new artist, it, it's less that you can do with your budget. But once you're solidified. <laughs> You should be putting out mm-hmm. more creative content and having better performances and not just walking across the stage mumbling and doing nothing for, for the people. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I feel like I'm be wrong, I'm not really into the baby music like that because sometimes I feel like the 
the the message is the same. It's just different beats for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't take away his creative. Like he has really great visuals. I can't mm-hmm. take that away from him. Um, he does put in that extra TLC to make sure that you know his visuals are on point and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I agree. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I understand it. That was a good. That was a good tweet. It was. <laughs> that was yours. Um, mine. As uh, uh, someone tweeted, I know for a fact slavery was a thousand percent more violent than any historical records ever documented. And I feel like that was very, very important to say because I'm seeing we and we've seen it, uh, especially within the media and in movies and videos. You know, it's constant uh, romanticization of slavery. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it it dilutes, it, it, it dilutes our, the plight of our ancestors. Absolutely. Um, a great example for me that I thought of when I seen this tweet was Siempre, Siempre Bruja. You know, I felt like the intention of do you remember that on Netflix? Yeah, I was which mm-hmm. the intention was dope as far as the promotion. But when you actually seen the show and you like learn what it's about, it's basically about a witch, uh, and of African descent, and she falls in love while while she's on a trading block to be sold, she falls in love with an owner or a guy it's like some love is first sight shit where basically like she falls in love with this isn't it the guy slave that wants son? to buy her yeah like the slave master's son or something like that mm-hmm. i am so tired of those type of stories because no i'm sorry white people our are evil period yeah <laughs> thank you like our ancestors was not sitting here like just happy looking for love on a on a trading block to be sold nope we're not about to romanticize that. So I felt like that was very, that was a tweet that really was a standout for me because we do, even when we talk about when we had that whole little small corny uh, movement or slogan, I would say about maybe five years ago where people were talking about they're not their ancestors. It's like, I'm not my ancestors. I beat you up or whatever junk that was. Yeah. Like, we, I don't think we realize, and and there's more documents that are coming up as the years go by of the different, even the different type of plantations that existed, like mm-hmm. the, the breeding farms, that really doesn't get talked about. You see a snippet of it and goodbye, Uncle Tom, but you, re- you really, you don't really hear much about that. And it's just, it's so much more than what is present presented to us in textbooks and these little history books or um, infographics on Instagram. And, yeah. And Instagram, it is so much more. So I just felt like that was important. Um, what about you girl? You know how I feel, you know, I don't <laughs> fuck with them white people and people got to understand slavery was about like what 400 years that's years that's centuries of of mass fucking murder mm-hmm. and and white people find like the most creative and gory and inhumane ways to fucking um torture people like 
all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. th- they are a very you you can you can listen to this and you can say whatever the fuck you want, but they are a very 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 inflicted and sick race of people to do the things that they have done to us. And and we have to acknowledge it. You even have if you're to. You're an ally. Even if you're an ally, you have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge the past. Yeah. So you, you personally may not be this way, but the the past speaks for itself. Period. And you got to dismantle a whole bunch of stuff before you can call yourself an ally. So I completely agree that we don't mm-hmm. even know the bounds, the depths of how gory and how disgusting and sick slavery was towards um, African Americans. So this is, I feel like, why we should always in a, honestly give ourselves the benefit of the doubt like literally we're working through centuries of so much trauma like yeah we need to get certain things together but like come on y'all that was centuries we only been what so-called free for a couple of decades Quote so you're right and we're not really free i mean look at what happens to us daily in this country mm-hmm. all around the freaking world because people hate black people everywhere so yeah, I totally agree with that tweet. And I just wish people, if you don't understand, you don't, if you haven't, because honestly, the textbook should teach us this. But we're living in the United States of America. They're never going to tarnish their image, unfortunately. Yep. So you have to do your due diligence to sure find do. things. It's not somebody else's job to educate you once you get to a certain age. Oh, well, the school didn't do it. You have to figure it out for yourself if you so-called love your people. And if you don't love your people, go ahead and do what y'all do. Period. I agree. That's how I feel. I about agree one thousand percent. I'm with it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Oh, you go okay. ahead with this one. So we're gonna get into our in the Supreme segment. Um basically, you know, this one is going to we're basically catching up. We know that we it's been a while since we've had an episode. Um I feel like it's been if it hasn't been a year, it's been about a year. So um, yeah, <laughs> we just want to catch up with y'all <laughs> and just let y'all know what's going on with our lives and everything like that. So, Tay, did you want to start? Oh yeah, our and intentions. our intentions for yes, this new I'm season. Excited. I guess okay. I can start. Um, so I'll discuss 2020 briefly for me. Um, 2020 at the beginning, I started off very mm-hmm. much stressed about work and about what I was doing with my life um I was juggling jobs and I don't I understand some people think that that's just necessary but I don't believe in that like juggling jobs to pay your rent that's I feel like we live in a country where we shouldn't have to do that and if you are trained to do that you need to look at why, why you're, you're trained you're trained to do that and think that it's so so okay for you to be breaking your back just to pay some rent that's crazy so I was very stressed, um, you know, like, um, I, I was just at a transition at a turning point in my life where I was tired of teaching. Like I, I, of course, I think I told you guys in the last um, season that I was, um, I quit my elementary school teaching job. And funny enough, if we look at last year with COVID, all of the things I was saying about how the, the the district was and how they treat teachers, it really showed its ass when oh, COVID sure. came because teachers are quitting left and right. And I got, I'm just so thankful I got mm-hmm. out when I got out <laughs> because I know I would have been <laughs> going fucking crazy. If you telling me I got to teach in, in person, face to face 
child anyway that's another conversation <laughs> but anyway I, I I quit teaching elementary school but I was forced because something people don't understand is when you are when you right. are an educator you are stifled into being an educator other jobs will not look at you as if you can do other things they think you can only be a teacher however people from other industries can always be an educator it's the most it backwards is. ass shit so I will be, I was, I have been literally applying for jobs since 2017 and I finally found something in what, 2019. I had been trying to get out of that career for so long. That shows you how hard it is for those skills to be transferred um, from one, from um, educating to any other industry. So basically I was still teaching uh, English, but not elementary because I couldn't find anything else other than working, you know, fast food retail. I'm not doing yeah. that shit. And I'm just be honest with y'all. I have a standard Absolutely. of what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> and certain things Absolutely. I'm not doing. It's not wrong with that. You have to be selective. And that's the thing. They teach us that we just take no. anything that we can get. No, I don't do that because that says, that tells the universe that I just accept anything to bare minimum. And I can't tell the universe that because that's what they're going to give me. So... I I transitioned, I was doing that, and then I was just like, once they start telling us that we had to go back into the classrooms, because we were teaching virtually um, with the adult English students, English um, speaking, uh, or speakers of other language, whatever. So once they told us that we were about to go back in the classroom, <laughs> I said, oh no, baby. Um, I, I resigned, and because I was at a stalemate, they said, either you have to do this, or, oh, they told me that they were going to add more no. students, and I was just like, I'm not doing that. So I ended that, and I, you know, without job, that really like being unemployed <laughs> really has opened my eyes. Like being unemployed for that amount of time, and it was just a, a discovery period where I just I was a person. I wasn't a machine. I wasn't focused on what my what my uh out uh what my productivity was. I was just focused on being being a person. So I feel like twenty twenty gave me the permission to just be a person be a human and to live without worrying about how am I going to eat? How am I going right. to pay my bills? I moved into a more affordable living situation that I actually like more than my more expensive one. Um, I just started figuring out what it was for me. And I realized that the world is going to keep telling you this is all you can have or, you only can get this or whatever, but you have to be very diligent and steadfast with what type of life you want. I know I do not like a life of constant busyness. Some people thrive on that and that's okay. I think that's this, that's good for certain people, but I do not like a life of constant craziness, busyness. That's, that is, that is a life that is riddling mm -hmm. with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. So for me, it was figuring out what kind of life I want to live and I'm still figuring things out. I'm still figuring out, things out career-wise, but 2020 just gave me the permission to just be a person for the first time. And I don't think a lot of people get that. And I, and everybody should get that luxury of just being without being attached to what they yeah. put out and their productivity levels. Yeah. That's, that's my update for y'all. Okay. Guys. All right. I'm here for it. I'm happy that you are able to take time out and define really what matters to you because I feel like that's that's pretty much what 2020 was all about like what what do you truly value mm -hmm. um so I, I definitely I, I get that um my catch up uh y'all you know 
2020, you know, whooped my ass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it did. I can't, I can't deny it. Um, I feel like everything, everything that could possibly adjust and change outside of my occupation, I thankfully was able to, you know, still have my job and work from home and then, you know, go back in the office rotationally and everything like that. All that's fine and cool or whatever. You know, I am thankful for that. But I just think that everything else outside of that, just there was a shift for me and a lot of personal shifts, a lot of changes as far as like who I communicate with from family to friends to, you know, battling even my own form of like, Man, like woman versus woman you know depression honestly and I'm happy that um, if I'm gonna keep it real 2020 was just a year of just clarity for me and being more focused coming into 2021 about going to where you're valued when it comes to friendships when it comes to family when it comes to learning about yourself I took on a lot of different like hobbies and a lot of different like personal quests for me like I started getting more into books last year like not even like the books that we know and love but like real self-help books learning of reading books like the toxic parent and reading books like uh like that discuss like the fear of abandonment when it comes to relationships with people. Um, I think it was definitely a time period of learning myself on a very intentional level outside of the surface level responses that people give. Like, Oh, I'm just learning myself. It's like, no, I had to learn. Like I, I was learning more of the origin of myself and even playing back some of our episodes from season mm. one, I I feel like that was, I became more fascinated with myself. Um, I'm going to be real, before the pandemic, I was always on go. Whether it was hanging out with my friends, going to parties, working, doing, you know, other, or doing, or doing, um, like shipped or shipped is a grocery service y'all I'm not saying shit (laughs) it's a a grocery uh, delivery (laughs) service that I like doing on the side um just being busy sitting on social media you know last year was the year when I actually where I actually took five whole months of not being on social media and just focusing on myself and right and I took that time to write every single day whether I'm happy, mad, sad, Mallory's going to write every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, I took, I just took on the task of redefining myself. I've seen some things within myself that I didn't, I personally didn't like. And instead of, you know, kind of wallowing in it and just going through the motions, I'm like, okay, what are what are some ways that I can change this? Because sometimes when you're at a super low level, I'm going to be real. You think that, like, everything is lost. Like, like all hope is lost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it real. My mm-hmm. level of depression was so deep. Like, my room didn't feel like my room. My bed didn't feel like my bed. Going to the grocery store 
it didn't feel like I was in the grocery store. I felt like I, I literally, my soul was like taken from everything that I've known. And it took me to a place where I just felt like everything was foreign. Nothing felt normal. Going to work, it didn't feel normal. You know, it was like, it was a very, it was a very tough time for me. But I am happy that I rediscovered and kind of realigned with myself. And I understood it's not, I learned that it's not always about just getting through things. It's also about knowing the origin of why you're in the spot that you're in. So if you get any type Mm -hmm. of episodes or triggers or whatever, you already know where it's coming from. So it's going to be easier to manage because being sad and being depressed, it's not, there's no delete button for it. Like, especially someone like me, I, I stand in my emotions. I'm an emotional person. I stand in my emotions and the older I get, the more I'm more comfortable with that level of vulnerability. Where if I'm not feeling something, I'm not feeling it. If I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. If I'm sad, I'm sad. Like, if I want to cry because the rain is falling and it's beautiful, I'm going to do that. Because when I was a child, that's the origin of who I am. I'm naturally an emotional, vested person. And I think the experiences in life definitely hardened me. I know I spoke to, about this before in previous episodes but this time around not only do I understand the origin I know what to do moving forward so I am excited for this year I am excited for the podcast I'm excited for upcoming like projects and things that I'll be working on that I can't wait to bring out to the forefront so yeah that that's basically my catch-up I'm Mallory 2.0 I don't think that like I'm the mm-hmm. same person that I was prior to 2020, I feel like I'm Mallory 2.0. I'm the next step of who I was then now, basically. So that's my catch up. That's so good. Like, first of all, I, I don't like I don't want to say it sounds cheesy, but really congratulations for getting through. No, I appreciate that. that. And and understanding all of the things of where it comes from and how to move forward. Like really, that is a really big personal accomplishment and a lot of people don't make it on the other side. I appreciate that so much. Congratulations. Yeah. So I, you were speaking about, um, you're excited about the Mm -hmm. podcast. So let's go ahead and talk about our intentions. I only have three intentions, um, for it right now. My first is, I honestly want us to continue to have fun and express ourselves. I really, I, I want this to definitely be a structured, um, a structured thing where we are um, intentional about what we want to put out. But I do want it to feel like uh, an extracurricular expression rather than a yeah. job. I want us to have fun with, you know, and I think that's what we will continue to do um, with the podcast. Next, I really want more audience engagement, and I understand that that comes with time because, you know, podcasts, you know, it's very popular, but the origins of podcasts, podcasting people were just having fun, and they gradually built their audience. So I understand that there's a gradual thing, but I do want us to do more things Mm -hmm. um, intentional to get audience engagement, and we will. And lastly, I want to have more guests. Not always a bunch of guests, but yeah. I want to have more people 
that can add to the conversations that we have. I'm with it. And those are my intentions. Um, my intentions for the podcast, I would say, um, I would say the, I love, I love what we're basically about to put out into the universe as far as this podcast is concerned, because we are human beings and we are going to grow with this podcast. And one intention Mm -hmm. um, that is actually both of ours is we are breaking the show down into seasons. So Mm -hmm. every 10 episodes will be a new season. And I value that because a lot of the podcasts out here, and I'm a heavy podcast girl. So even in my, in our hiatus and in my personal hiatus, I was still, um, tapped in. I, I was still very much tapped in into the podcast industry, and there is a lot of episode three hundred, episode four. You know what I'm saying? And that's great. Those are mm-hmm. huge markers, especially when it comes to the podcast realm. But what we're doing, um, at we, we stand on setting ourselves apart, and the intention of it is to grow and have it blossom into something that's like super dope and beautiful that it is very much a lifestyle so the whole season Mm -hmm. you know this is now season two episode one you know this is a new chapter so to speak so I love I love that that's Mm -hmm. an intention of ours um another intention that I have is I agree with the audience engagement and presence. Um, I also feel like another intention that I have is separating ourselves from the labels as far as the 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 mental health podcast conversation. Yeah, ooh, I, ooh, um, I can't. I, can't. I don't <laughs> feel like we should confine ourselves at all as far as no. our intention with this podcast. There are a lot of great mm-hmm. mental health podcasts and I'm not I'm an active listener of them so I'm not even just saying that to be politically correct I actively listen to a lot of these great great um uh, black mental health podcasts but what we're doing is so much more than us putting ourselves into a box um our target mm-hmm. this yeah, ain't yeah, that. it's simply not that um we're very focused on questioning the status quo um putting our unique perspective into the universe because I know we're not the only ones that think this way and you know on top of that mix it with some good music some natural elements I feel like I the biggest intention that I have is to not label um our podcast is to simply do it and enjoy it and I do Mm -hmm. I do affirm that Yes, it is fun and it's something that we're going to definitely, you know, put some very hard effort and work into. But I want us to reach certain heights as far as notoriety as well. I want us to be able to reach certain ears and it really become a lifestyle that people enjoy and live by. So that's the intentions that I have. Okay. All right. Um, 
we like to highlight people who are working in a nine to five sense. They have a regular working day job, but in addition to that, they have their own business that they um, pour into after their uh, five, after their nine to five. And in this, we call it the five to nine. So, Usually it is a small up and coming business or someone who is, um, like I said, uh, doing both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this, the first one of this year that we're going to highlight is on target firearms training and education LLC. Um, this is ran by Mario and Altamont. If you know them, they're, um, they're uh, Marching Wildcat alumni. They went to Bethune-Cookman University. And I was just amazed that, they, that this existed with two black men, um, with two black men spearheading it. Like, that's, like, so unheard of. They're based in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they give basic handgun uh, training, concealed carry weapon training, marksmanship LV1 and 1 and 2, which I don't know what that means. However, if you ask them, they'll definitely give you that information. And lastly, personal and home defense. So they're giving you that firearm training. They're giving you home defense training training, and weapon um, information. Like that is, especially with the current times, like unfortunately, I'm really not trying to be a gun person, but I don't, don't have, have a choice. choice. <laughs> We don't have a choice in this day and age. Everybody really got to have a gun. Um, Yeah, you got to have a gun. Like, you Mm got to have a gun. (laughs) So when I get to the point where I want to go ahead and start investing in that, which is going to have to be soon because it's better late than never and don't want to be sorry. (laughs) So I will definitely, this is who I'm going to go to for that. And so their information is on Instagram. They're at my O T. Well, let me say it again. My O training. So it's M Y O T T R A I N I N G. My O T. Well, my O training. Because O T stands for on target. Okay. And then on Facebook, they're on target firearms training and education LLC. Their website is shootingclasses.com backslash OT training edu. Now all of this information is going to be in the, um, in the information box. So you, you'll have these links for their Instagram, Facebook, and their website. So you don't have to memorize what I just said, but seriously, guys, this is something big. If you are looking for firearms training in the central Florida area, this is where you need to go. These men are amazing at what they do. And we really need to support something so unique and so necessary. So once again, that's on target firearms training and education, LLC, and the information will be in the information box. Okay, I'm here for it. Now we're going to get into our muse segment. Um, This, the theme for this one is going to be the get back. And basically, this is probably going to be, I'm going to be real, my favorite uh, playlist because I created this playlist while I was on my five-month hiatus, like, from the world, (laughs) basically. So... Mm. I feel like this is a mixture of like positive, positive affirmation music mixed with 
love songs mixed with lo-fi chill hop um mixed with just the regular stuff that like and the everyday person goes through feeling like you're spiritually stuck or feeling like you know you're you're literally trying to get to a place of just complete happiness and blissfulness and also I don't know, a lot of these songs are just very conversational based. I have uh, Willow, A Reason on there. I have um, Ari Lennox, Static, which speaks on anxiety. Mm. Um, I have Troubles by Alicia Keys. Um, I -hmm. have Life's a Bitch by Radiant Children. So, I mean... Ooh, that's my song. song. (laughs) And so it's about 30 songs long. I normally do about 10 songs um, but this one's about 30 songs because I made this within the five month timeline of everything that I was going through. And it was a reflection of that. And I know, you know, we all kind of feel with 2021 here is kind of like a huge weight has been lifted. I, it's definitely energy based. It's not due to anything outside of that. It just the the climate just feels different, you know. It feels more promising, like in this era. I know for me personally. So that's what the that's what the playlist is basically reflecting on. Yes, and y'all find that playlist also in the information box. So you can click on it. And isn't it going to be on? Yes. Uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Spotify? Mm-hmm. Okay, on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. All right, guys. Lastly, we want to introduce something different because like we said we want more audience engagement and the only way to do that is have y'all pick stuff (laughs) so at the end of every episode we're going to introduce a poll in that poll we're going to let you know we're going to let you know what date or what time to look for the poll the poll is going to entail uh three topics that we are interested in discussing and then on our various social medias you will choose which topic you want to listen to the most. And obviously the poll, the topic that gets the most percentage is the, um, is going to be the topic that we talk about in that following week. So once again, there'll be a poll at the end of each episode. Well, the poll won't be at, well, we probably put the poll at the end of the episode and, or Mm -hmm. lead you guys to the poll. It will let you know when to look for it. And then you'll go on our social medias and choose which topic you'd like us to discuss that way it is a little bit more um intentional with what you guys want to hear and we're getting feedback from you all as well yeah and um to start that off right now look look um at our social medias we'll be announcing the poll my personal well the social media for us on instagram is at isn't that the Mm -hmm. supreme bohemians at V T H E E S U P R E M E B O H E M E S. The Supreme Bohemes. That's our Instagram. Our Twitter is at Supreme yep. Bohemes. Supreme right? Bohemes. Yes. At, so that one is without V. So it is just regular Supreme Bohemes. And my regular, my Instagram, personal Instagram, where of course I'll be um, sharing that information, is at T-A-E-S-I-A-N underscore, Taesian underscore. 
And Mallory. Yes. Your... So my Twitter is I've changed it. I'm no longer lavish Lori. For I have graduated. <laughs> so my mm-hmm. Twitter <laughs> now is eclectic Mal, and it is E C L E C T I C M A L. And then my IG is eclectic dot Mal. It is spelled the same way, mm-hmm. but there is a period between eclectic and Mal. And Perfect. Do we want to discuss the topics real quick with them? Just give them the three ones? Okay. Yeah. So the topics that mm-hmm. we have that you guys will be voting on is uh, the first one will be why is it the older we get, the more introverted we become? And then the second one is why positive vibes only can be toxic. And the third category is PTSD in dating. So when mm-hmm. we drop that information to come and vote for that those are the three topics um we're excited because this is like our like attempt within an episode to have audience engagement so please guys vote 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 on what topic you will Mm want to hear on the next episode absolutely and with that if there's nothing else we're gonna um say goodbye to you all but first um thank you guys for listening thank you guys for supporting um our previous season and we look forward to your support for this new season make sure you like the podcast you share the podcast you can comment and rate on um on all of these um platforms for podcasts so a big thing we want i i didn't Mm -hmm. say this to you Mallory, but i think it's something important um, rate the podcast and comment what you think of yes. the podcast because that does wonders as well. And you should know if you listen to podcasts, it should be down at the bottom. Um, if you don't, just you'll be able to find it at the bottom of the podcast somewhere where you can rate and comment on the podcast. That will really get us the engagement we need and give us the visibility within the different platforms. So yeah, let us um, know how you feel through rating us as well when you yes listen. yes please i like that you said that <laughs> so yes comment yeah. and rate the podcast we thank you so much for taking time out to listen to us and this concludes season two episode one bye bye